0: everyone and welcome to Textbook Mama Talks, a podcast where we talk real talk as we explore the inner workings of the life of a student parent. I'm your host Christy, a fellow studying parent at USQ. I'm currently completing a Bachelor of Business and a mama to three beautiful kids aged between three and ten years. Before we get started, I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Guyabal and Jarawa peoples of Toowoomba, where this podcast is recorded as the keepers of ancient knowledge and who cultures and customs continue to nurture this land. I also pay respect to Elders, past, present and future. Okay, on today's episode, we'll be covering the topic of studying parent guilt, which is something I'm sure we all know a lot about as a studying parent. Um, Joining me today, we have Trish and Carmen. Now, Trish is mum to two older boys who are 19 and 17, and she's currently studying a Graduate Certificate of Professional Studies, and will be sharing her textbook mama thoughts with us today. We also have with us Carmen who is a wellness educator in the student success and well-being team at USQ and she will be sharing her professional input during the podcast. Welcome to you both Trish and Carmen. Thank you, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's start off with a fairly simple question for Trish. Trish, have you ever felt guilty studying as a parent? Absolutely. As a parent, I think guilt goes hand in hand with the job. Definitely. Now, often as a studying parent, we have to wield what might be referred to as a double-edged sword. We might feel guilty when we're spending time with our kids rather than studying, but at the same time, we can also feel guilty while we're studying instead of spending time with the kids. And it really is a constant battle, which often doesn't have any winners. Do you think it's possible to counteract this feeling of constant, never-ending guilt that we experience as studying parents? At this stage,
1: I'd like to take the word studying out of the front of it. Yes. Um, I think there's always a bit of a background hum of guilt When you're a parent, because you're always thinking about the implications of what you choose to do for your children. So with studying, I think there are times when it comes to the fore very particularly. And a big part of managing that guilt is learning how to work with your internal dialogue. So understanding why you've chosen to study, understanding the decisions that you're making and making sure you're very open and transparent about those things with your whole family.
0: Do you think there's any way to actually stop feeling guilty while you're studying or when you choose study over your kids?
1: Again, I think if you're really clear about why you've chosen to study. I know myself, when I were even when I returned to work, there was guilt attached with using daycare or family or extended hours care. The question was a little different then because I could say I'm earning money so I can sort of justify this. Whereas with study, there's that risk that it feels a bit self-indulgent, but I don't necessarily think that that's the only reason we choose to do study. We're not just no. there because woo-hoo, it's all about me. It's about balancing those voices. If you're feeling guilty in the immediate state, what are the long-term benefits of you choosing to go back to study? Will that mean more opportunity for your family and yourself and your children as a consequence? I think sometimes
0: it's about weighing up those priorities. I think you've got some really good points in there. And I know that when I'm having feeling a little bit guilty, I do kind of look back to what I'm doing, where my study will lead to in the long run. And I think that's what you're... you're referring to there okay so now how do we explain to our kids that sometimes we need to prioritize study over spending time with them
1: so i think with a lot of aspects of studying i work full-time i'm studying a higher degree program now um, but through the time i've studied various other programs my children were also at school so we sat down at the beginning of the year or the beginning of a term and we worked through things like assessment items and times where it was going to get tricky. My boys were also very active in sport and music, yep. so our weekends were often caught up with things that they needed to be at or do. So we sort of put in the mix the fact that everybody had jobs to do and we had to balance that work. So my husband works on the weekends, so I didn't even have the luxury of sending him off to the shops with the kids. So with that, I sat down with my youngest. He had Spider-Man stickers. We'd put on things that were significant to him. My oldest son, it was just drawings and things like that. So we did as much pre-planning together, but we didn't just look at the commitments in that way. We also made sure that we regularly
0: considered family time once your children and you actually mentioned something about choices earlier which I really liked I know that choices is something that my boys when they come home from school that really resonates with them is making choices about one thing or another. How did you bring choices into everything?
1: Because my husband worked on the weekends and working full time, I still had to clean up the house, do the shopping and all of those things. So we would sit and say, do we want to play this game now? Or do Mm -hmm. we choose to do that? like go do the shopping for example, and then we'd sit and work out how we were going to plan the day. My oldest son is borderline Asperger's. Okay. So he needs very specific time frames to manage his day. So that was the simplest way to avoid meltdowns. They have to make choices when they're older. There's no harm in working and learning that journey together. Yeah. So that's where I thought I was actually parenting
0: reasonably well. Yep. <laughs> nice to have a win every now and then, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you bring that choice thing a little bit into reassuring yourself or about the fact that you don't need to feel guilty for choosing one aspect of life over the other?
1: Definitely. There's, you know, whether it's what shoes am I going to put on with this outfit or what am I going to have for breakfast in the society we live in there's so many choices available it can be overwhelming so Mm -hmm. it just feels like this barrage of what am I doing am I choosing the right thing am I eating the right thing am I studying the right thing so just breaking the things down into the really simple principles. Why mm-hmm. am I doing this? Yeah. What will be the benefits? But I also made sure I wasn't focusing on the long-term benefits all of the time. Yeah. So if I got a good result on something, it goes up on the fridge alongside my son's reading certificate effort reward choice and celebrations because we used to go and get an ice cream after
0: very nice I've mentioned in one of the other podcasts that I've heard of a mum who celebrates with her children at the end of a semester especially if she gets good grades she sees that the whole family is involved in that and so they go out as a family and celebrate her success which I really really like
1: I sort of thought about talking today we have celebration rituals specific activities all always result in doing something a specific ritual
0: and I suppose that brings in kind of where we're looking at avoiding the parent guilt and you're making the choices is kind of showing them what that leads to at the end result it is a good thing looking at a few more specific things when we're looking at school holidays I know that that's particularly one point where student can feel like they're very torn do you think it's bad if I study during the holidays while my kids are at home no, I would use that
1: time to say, if you go tidy your room, give me time to do this, and then we'll catch up and chat about this, or we'll watch half an hour episode of something or play a game. We all have responsibilities as we grow, and that means juggling time and learning to do
0: it is just part of the course. And I think letting them see how you juggle those things is, would be helpful for them as well growing up. So what about someone who might feel guilty, on the other hand, of sending their children to daycare or holiday care or whatever holiday care they have, maybe care with parents? What would you say to them?
1: I think guilt comes from the perception that you're doing something wrong by other people. My children, fortunately, enjoyed spending time with friends or grandparents or cousins. So it was actually something they enjoyed. And if I'm stressed, I'm not super fun to be around either. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I used my village. We moved away from family to come to live in Toowoomba. But we had great friends through school. So really, it was about remembering that just because we feel bad about something,
0: it doesn't mean the impact for the kids is bad. And that's something that I'll often say to my kids as well. You know, I'm busy. I won't have the time for you. Whereas I've chosen people who I know will look after you well, or I've chosen holiday care that you love, or I've chosen to put you into this daycare, which I know she'll look after you and you have a lot of fun there. And that way you can have lots of fun. And then when we're together, we can have fun together. So how do you know when it's important to prioritise study over your kids' needs and vice versa? I think that's a tricky question, first up.
1: This is where that original planning for us made a a big impact. But there were times where I had to tag team with my husband when that was possible. Uh, I drove to Brisbane every weekend for six years to support their music. Lecture recordings were listened to in the car, and and they would be doing their thing while I would be furiously studying. And sometimes, and even last semester, I had to ask for an extension in time just because things came together in a way we didn't quite think they would. So it is, it's really difficult, but being comfortable to talk to your examiner is really important. Eking out little blocks of time when you can, and then sometimes you just go, I've got to be at that thing. And I need to
0: make it work somehow for everyone. open this up a little bit more to Carmen as well but you're both welcome to answer what about for people who just are really really struggling choosing their study over their kids because they just really don't want to disappoint their children would you have any
2: advice for them sure so one of the really important things to be aware of is there's these really sneaky thoughts that come in that can make us feel bad and if we can be aware of what are those thoughts actually what are we thinking how are they making us feel so things like I'm not good enough I'm I should do this, I haven't done that, my kids need me to, you know, be everything to them, they're only little ones, or there's lots of thoughts that come in, and it's around... The only purpose it serves is to make us feel bad. So yeah. being aware of them and then being really kind to yourself and saying, you know what, right now I'm doing the best I can. And in fact, mm-hmm. not only that, disappointment is something that's really important for everyone to be able to know how to manage. So to know to manage it, we have to actually experience it and be supported mm-hmm. by people we love. You know, almost the, one of the best things you can do as a parent is to help kids through that process of going, mum has to do some things or again, Again, like Trish was saying, choice, we'll do this and then we'll do that. So I think that's a really important thing to be aware of. And if you're feeling like you're getting stuck, there's different supports we can talk about a bit later on around how we get to that place. But essentially, just cut yourself a break. Think about the reasons sometimes people go into study because they're actually making a better choice for their kids and for their families and that that's really important to to hold on to in those really tricky times um and even you
0: know when i'm finding that i'm feeling quite overwhelmed you mentioned kind of that word should Mm. i know that i point where i just take that out i'm like right what am i doing that i think i should be doing and what do i actually need to do so now do you think it's better as a tactical thing to balance two priorities or would it be better to focus on one and bear the burden of possibly feeling guilty (laughs)
1: I like to describe it as being on a unicycle juggling plates and glasses. (laughs) Um, So I think that's inevitable. (laughs) You know, Carmen's already said, cut yourself a break. But sometimes taking a break. I had semester three off this year because my youngest son is
0: moving out of home and going to uni. And I like the fact that your choice, some people feel like they can't pull back if they don't have something concrete that's keeping them from doing that. They don't have work or they don't have whatever, but that decision to do that for yourself and for that precious time with your son before he heads off into the world, I think that's important for people to... To kind of acknowledge and be able to be allowed to make those decisions as well that's kind of looking past not just what we have to do and what we're allowed to do but kind of looking at what we need for ourselves and our people around
2: us yeah absolutely and you don't need permission like you almost need to give yourself permission not to feel guilty like you know it's not your job as a parent as a mum but it often comes with it i've I've certainly heard a lot of people talking about it. It's one of those constants. And so if you can, in your mind, go, you know what, it is okay to just do what I'm doing. Whatever that choice is, that individual choice for you and your family, if that's taking a break if it's prioritizing study because it's something you really it's a really important passion and and it has a time frame you know but again that self-talk and that self-forgiveness of it's okay to do this this is the best i'm doing at the moment and this is really good and not only that what am i showing my kids that's actually that they're learning from and it's positive you know Mm -hmm. they're able to see that yes there are difficult choices and this is almost involving them on an appropriate level, a bit like what Trish was saying with the planning, appropriate level so that they can understand those choices are not always easy choices, but there are reasons for them. And But again, cutting yourself a break, you're doing okay. And okay is good enough. Yeah, and I think also being aware of, you know,
0: I made a choice. I spoke to all the people that I would normally speak to to kind of get advice on what do you think I should do on this choice. And all of them kind of, you know, gave me good logical reasons for, in this instance, choosing two subjects over semester three. I went against all of that advice because I just knew in myself that I needed to do one this time and kind of give mm. the same same sort of thing, give myself more time to be with the kids. So sometimes you will, you need to kind of listen to your own voice more than the people around you as well and be willing to do that and back yourself, I think. Yeah. Who can you talk to if you
2: can't combat the feeling of guilt? I might be more for you. Sure. So there's lots of different ones. You know, we have USQ Health Service and they're actually able to do telehealth too for people that aren't living, that might be studying externally and could be living rural and remote. Anyone can book appointments with our GPs, our nurses and nurse practitioners. There's people like myself. I'm a wellness educator or aka counsellor and we are situated in each of the main campuses and we also do either Skype or Zoom, probably more Zoom than anything else. We do face-to-face, telephone. It's generally a short-term check-in and often people feel they wait till the really last moment to sort of connect. Well, I, I mean, I think back to my life and various times I do the mm. same thing but, you know, I once read something and it said you don't wait until you've got a broken leg and, a, and kidney failure and everything going wrong with yeah. your body before you go to the doctor. Sometimes we just go in for a checkup. Sometimes just ringing in and having a check-in and talking through options, got different timed appointments too. So sometimes you might only need to just check in and go, look, I'm just a bit unsure about this. And, you know, having an independent listening supportive ear who understands some of the complexities of doing tertiary study can be really helpful so yeah there's the health service there's wellness educators there's lots of different options too sometimes people get confused Trish said earlier about am I studying the right course so there's a careers and employability team that can assist so sometimes that guilt is around that we have spiritual guidance so we have a lovely multi-faith center and so there's there are lots of different options there's also through the social hub and there's often yeah. people who have written fantastic stuff they've had they're living the experience and you can filter through of your own accord so it doesn't necessarily always have to be talking to someone formally but don't forget like Trish said talk to your lecturers don't be afraid to put some of the things appropriately out on study desk with some of your other students that you're learning with because quite often A lot of people are experiencing the same thing, but no one talks about it. Don't have any hassle in asking a question. SROs are the best place to go, your student representative officer. They often know a lot of things about where might be the best to go. So any hassles at all, if you're feeling stuck, you don't have to do it by yourself. We're here to help.
1: I'm part of the Facebook page as well. And what I really enjoy about that is how collaborative and supportive we are of each other. And It's quite lovely to see those words of we're in here together, we've been there and it'll be okay.
0: Absolutely. And the USQ Studying Parents page is particularly good for that okay so what are some strategies or tips that either of you could give to cope when you're feeling overwhelmed by competing
2: pressures Trish did say to make quality time with the kids probably much better having 10 minutes of really dedicated play time where everyone's laughing or or board games or something like that than spending the afternoon where you're all in the same room but not really connecting and don't be afraid to ask for help trish said find your village but Mm -hmm. also there's a village here at usq that that are here to be your cheerleaders when you're feeling like you can't be for yourself anyway so two things
1: resonate with me one is that your best today doesn't necessarily equal the best that you could do yesterday or the best you're going to do tomorrow dressing yourself today is as much as you can manage (laughs) celebrate the win (laughs) and it doesn't have to be a four thousand word essay for you to go into. To the full celebration ritual yeah <laughs> if that's the thing
0: that says oh, I'm upright and I've done it that's yep. cool okay so what are some other support options that we can find outside of USQ
2: sure so a few things we've already mentioned Yes, you've got family, friends, even you know, a lot of good supports are people who may not even be around the corner from you, but there might be people that you've known that you can just ring up and you haven't spoken for three months and then all of a sudden you know it's like nothing's changed. There might be people that you can connect with because they too are studying parents. And so we've talked about the Facebook page, seeking those connections within your community, you know, are there are there walking groups, are there things like that where you can get out and it might be with other parents or it might be something about you without being a studying parent as well because that can be nice to be able to try and leave that to the side sometimes. The other thing is I follow real people on social medias. Some of the people that I follow are people who sh- who show that life is real. Celeste Barber is a really good one she's someone that makes me laugh because she'll take a, a model shot and she'll recreate it as a you know a normal sort of household suburban mum and it is something that makes me realise that what we're surrounded with isn't the reality and I think that's really important because we are always comparing and going, oh, I don't know, I'm not doing it as well as that person. And then there's some really great online resources. So there's some really good, like reachout.com has some really good things. There's some fantastic apps out there like breathing apps and meditation apps, smiling mind, and they can help us just to relax and focus um, at any point in the day, but particularly at the end of the day because sometimes, yeah, we might fall into bed exhausted, but sometimes we're, our mind's going 110 miles an hour trying to plan. Some of those sort of things are really important.
1: Yeah. And just to support one of the comments that Carmen made earlier, losing that label. I'm a working mum. I'm a studying parent. You are who you are. Giving yourself that little bit of option or opportunity to enjoy the thing that you really enjoy. I'm going to be attached nerdy here. <laughs> um, there are great YouTube videos on bonsai. And you can just watch people shaping bonsai. And that's yeah. like, ah, oh, Peace. This is huge. What you chose to take on board is actually pretty exciting and there will be rewards and benefits, but along that road, there will always be challenges. And sometimes meeting the challenge or finding more in yourself is the reward you didn't know you were going to get out of it. So hang in there and believe in yourself.
2: Yeah. And I'd I'd like to add, I recently read something and it said, believe in yourself and that you are flawsome. And what I liked about it is they said, flawsome is that you are awesome, but accepting of your flaws. And I really thought that was great because none of us, like we all have flaws, all have things where we wish we did something better at some point in time. So I've taken that little mantra in my head now and I just sort of go, yes, I'm flawsome. And as much as I don't always believe it, it does make me chuckle. And the more I say it, the more I start to accept that all those parts of myself, the parts that I'm proud of, the parts that I'm not proud of. And I think that's that's really important. So, yeah.
0: Well, thank you both so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Trish, for providing your own textbook mama experiences. and thank you both for giving us such insightful advice. It's been fabulous. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in. To keep on listening, you can find more episodes on Podbean, iTunes, or USQ's social hub at social.usq.edu.au. If this talk tickled your fancy and seemed all too hashtag relatable, have you heard about USQ's Studying Parents Facebook group? This unique online community is for USQ studying parents and is designed to support you to succeed as you navigate studying with family life. To join the group, just head over to the University of Southern. Queensland on Facebook. And don't forget for more resources and motivation dedicated to support you throughout your student journey, connect with USQ's social media accounts by searching at USQEDU. I'm Christy, you've been listening to Textbook Mama Talks.